Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Hey, welcome to today's edition of Calvary Live. I wanted to say welcome back, but it's not the second half of the program. It's only the beginning. So welcome to Calvary Live. My name is Ed Taylor, taking your calls and your questions today. would love to hear from you. 720-336-0897 is the number to use to text us. Uh, I always... I have this habit of using uh, the phone number to call first, but I want you, if you want to text, you're in a safe place, text me a question, 720-336-0897. We use those texts to fill uh, some of the space when we're uh, waiting for phone calls to come in. But of course, the way we really want you to participate in this show is to call. So give us a call, 303-690-3000, is the number. We're so grateful for the many stations. Many, many people have joined uh, our Calvary Live team over the course of the last many weeks. Uh, Freedom Radio Network has joined us. Uh, Welcome. Welcome you guys uh, that are uh, a part of the um, uh, listening to Calvary Live now. Um, Give us a call, 303-690-3000. 303-690-3000. We got Hope FM, Truth FM, Freedom Radio FM. Uh, we, of course, have Grace FM here in throughout Colorado. And uh, coming soon, uh, the radio station in Meridian, Idaho. Welcome to our friends in the Boise area. Uh, man, am I grateful for the ministry that's going on in Boise. And by the way, you guys listening in Boise, Idaho, not only is there a great Calvary Chapel right there in Meridian, but my friend Scott Billings uh, just moved from Tucson, Arizona, uh, from the Calvary there in Tucson to plant a new work in the Boise area. I'm not entirely sure where exactly, but we need more church plants. Uh, And so we want to pray for Scott uh, and what... Um, what God's going to be doing through him. Praise God for the church planter. So give me a call, 303-690-3000, 303-690-3000 is the number. Phone lines are wide open. And of course, text me at 720-336-0897. I got a text that says, pray for us here at the Catholic Charities to grow closer with God. Um, and she has quite a few prayer requests for her co-workers, Lisa, Catherine, Nancy, Jalisa, and Angel. So Lord, I come alongside these uh, ladies uh, to um, bring them um, the, the type of answers that you would want them to be a part of. Like, what, what do you want to do in their life, Lord? How do you want to meet their needs? Physical healing, spiritual warfare, neck issues, um, just, man, very challenging time over at Catholic Charities. And so I pray for these ladies that you would bless them. 
Uh, encourage them, bring them into a deeper saving knowledge of you, Lord, if, if needed to be born again, uh, that they don't just need physical uh, attention, Lord, they need spiritual attention. And I lay them before your throne room uh, today. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, uh, here's a great question here that just came in. I was wondering about the passage that says, heaven and earth shall pass away, but the word of God will last forever. Uh, and what does that mean? Uh, and so that's a great question. And actually, the rest of the question was, uh, I thought heaven was forever. So when you think of heaven, don't don't just simply think of heaven as the eternal place of God or the eternal presence of God or the eternal state. Remember that the, there is a heavens and an earth that is in our own atmosphere. And what Jesus is teaching uh, is comparing the eternality of God's word to the temporariness of the created heavens and the created earth uh, that will pass away. And that that's mentioned many, many times. Um, the uh, Let me make sure. I'm going to look up that passage and read it out loud. It's always helpful. Uh, Matthew chapter 5, verse 18 do not think I came to destroy the law or the prophets. I did not come to destroy, but to fulfill. For assuredly, I say to you, till heaven and earth pass away, not one jot or tittle uh, will by no means pass away from the law until all is fulfilled. Uh, that is one of the versions. Um, and the reality is the comparison of the temporariness. Um, remember, there's going to be a new heaven and a new earth uh, in the eternal state. And it's the one that we're on right now is temporary, just like our bodies are temporary. Although you're an eternal person, you animate yourself through a temporary body. You'll receive a new body that will be eternal and equipped for you and I to live in the presence of God. But right now, the body that you're in is a part of the heaven and earth. And so Jesus is just was being accused of destroying the law. And he's going, no, the law is eternal. God's word doesn't change. It's going to outlast even the heavens and the earth not the capital H heaven where the eternal presence of God is. Great question. Thank you so much for sharing that. 303-690-3000. Give me a call. 303-690-3000. Let's go to Denver, Colorado. Chuck is on line one. Chuck, welcome to the program. Thank you. How's it going? It's going great, man. What's up? So basically... Um the other day, my, uh, my friends and I and my wife were witnessing to somebody, and basically we got on the idea of, like, devotionals and then um, the Bible, and basically they, they brought in this idea. It's, a, like, a philosophy uh, uh -huh. movement right now called New Thought. Okay. Uh, and in the conversation, they, they, were, they were saying, oh, well, it talks about God and the Bible, um, in some areas, like they use scriptures and stuff, and it was just kind of a kind of a difficult navigation to, you know, show that no Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, right? And that I just don't know too much about this whole new thought, like philosophy realm, and it just seems very not biblical, and it seems very um, like self. Um, how do you say that? Like focus on yourself, basically, rather than. Whereas believers were like, well, our lives are 
focused on Jesus and, and the kingdom of God. Um, and it's kind of a way, ultimately, leading, well, I read a Christian devotion, let's say I read, I don't know, Charles Spurgeon or something, that sh- will show me back to the Bible, you know, as the ultimate absolute truth, correct? And then they're saying, well, the new thought idea will also lead me back to the Bible, but it seemed, I guess, in a realm of like a slippery slope. Sure. I'm not sure exactly how to navigate those, um, other than, yeah, they, they just need to read the Bible for themselves and, and allow the Holy Spirit to speak to them through the Word. It's amazing all the different viewpoints and belief systems and twisted thinking that people have that they attribute to the Bible. Like the Bible can't mean a hundred different things, um, just like their address. You know, if they their address can't mean a hundred different things, right? It's absolute. If they live at one two three Main Street, uh, that there there is there might be a, a many one two three Main Streets in the world, but there's only one true house that they live in, and I think that 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 they would never argue that, you know, you, they could, they couldn't argue that they're like, if you came back and said, well, where do you live? Well, I live at 578, uh, Colfax street in Denver. Um, well, why don't you go to the 578 Colfax street in Michigan? Uh, well, I don't live there. Yeah, but there's, it's the same as yours. Yours is 578. They're 578. Like it's the same as yours. No, it's not the same. I live in, I live in Denver. I live at this house and you know, they're, they have a sense of absolutes until they come to the Bible then all of a sudden their sense of absolute disappears and they adapt something into the Bible. They read it into the Bible. And the New Thought Movement is based on um, a man by the name of Quimby. Uh, and Quimby was a self-proclaimed self, uh, and I'm reading this from an article I can send you. Uh, he was a self-proclaimed healer and a follower of a hypnotist. And basically Mary Baker Eddy, the founder of Christian Science, adapted those um, adapted those teachings, and some of even what he taught appears in her fake and false theology. And the basic idea is that disease in the body is caused by problems in a person's thoughts. It's kind of like the faith movement today. You know, you can create your own reality, you can control your own destiny, uh, you're only limited by the ability of your mind and what you can think. Uh, you can make people do things for you if you think hard enough, which is just absolute nonsense. Um, and, but, you know, before we get to that line, we have to understand that there is a sense where the Bible speaks of, the Bible itself speaks of us having a tendency, and I include you and me in this, we have a tendency to create God in our own image. Um, that's a natural tendency of every human being that they have this eternal spark in them. God put eternity in everyone's hearts so that they might grope after and seek God. Uh, and, and along the way, you know, idolatry, false teachings, false theology, false understandings of who God is, fake Jesuses, false prophets, all of those have been along the way, including this one. So that if anyone does say, so what I, do, what I like to do, depending on, it doesn't really matter what the philosophy or teaching is, if they bring me, if they allow me, if they even factor in the Bible, then I like to use the Bible. And, you know, the reality of the scriptures couldn't be clearer on some of these matters. For example, Jesus Jesus said that he was the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through him. And that's an absolute statement. 
Um, it, it, if this particular teaching leads us back to the Bible, if Mormonism leads us back to the Bible, if you know whatever teaching leads us back to the Bible, then we have to let the Bible speak for itself. Uh, and we know where disease came from. Uh, we know that disease came from sin. Um, we know that the power of the mind is limited because we are finite beings and God is infinite. Uh, and and so if somebody lets me, if somebody takes me back to the Bible, I can, I want to always, I always, to the best of my ability, I say always, but I want to always put the emphasis back on them. They They need to prove their point to me. I don't need to prove my point to them because they're the ones with the false assertion. And so I just try to, I just try to, answer open-ended questions or excuse me ask open-ended questions where so what is that what is your what do you, what do you believe about this statement that Jesus made what do you believe about this woman that was sick for for years and years and years wasted all her money on physicians was taken advantage of and I'm sure she wanted to be healed I'm sure she thought about healing she obviously sought after healing and was never healed did she just do it wrong Mm-hmm. And, you know, let to let them explain, because as they explain, they're going to have to come to the conclusion, man, I don't know. I don't know. I'm just kind of repeating what I read in a book. I'm just kind of repeating what somebody told me. And they don't really have a solid foundation in even what they believe. Um, but it depends on, you know, if they let me use the Bible, then I'm going to use the Bible first and for, for, foremost. Right. Um. I guess I have a, it's a little bit of another question. Similarly, okay, okay. I, I, yeah, if I um, so then it kind of led into the idea of also understanding denominations, like that the church in America, well, in America because we live in America, of course, um, has started, you know, Protestant, Baptist, Presbyterian, or or whoever, and that kind of got a little confusing well as in they were relating to it like oh well whatever the baptists were skeptical about this person or the catholics basically or something like that on their denomination so then they created their uh theology and so i was trying to relate it i think back i would say possibly orthodox theology you know that there's a triune god um that we believe in being baptized in water, that we have to have a personal relationship with Jesus. Um, I guess because it just gets kind of very confusing to a new person trying to understand and grow in their faith. Like, what are all these differences when you when you start to explain it better? You know what I'm saying? Like, sure. I don't know. It just seemed very confusing. I don't know if there's a a good easy way other than trying to continually have these conversations obviously about these topics because they're like oh yeah well what you need to do is believe in jesus repent of your sins and you know follow him and follow well and i I think that i think you can approach this two different ways as well you know first of all if it's just a general question from a new believer that's just wondering some, you know, a real genuine, real question. Then we can answer that real genuine question. Um, I, I would use the, I, I would use the same type of answer. I would just to adjust it, you know, in the context of the, let's just say, the New Thought or Christian Science or some of the cults. They set up an argument 
that they're the only right way because de- because of denominations. Look at we're the real true gospel. We're going back before denominations, which denominational thinking really happened at the point of the Reformation because Roman Catholicism became so corrupt. Um, you know that Roman Catholicism just became a a real lack of even as it as it is today a real lack of a true representation of Jesus Christ. It's just man-made religion. And and in response to that, um, you know, around the refer- time of the Reformation is when these factions and divisions, but, but the way I would answer it, let's start with a new believer. Like division, unfortunately, has been with us from the beginning of time. Remember, Cain killed his own brother because of jealousy and division. And then you kind of fast forward and see all the animosity that has happened between man so that the essence of division and differences or denominationalism is man. It's our problem, but it's not something new. Actually, divisions and factions were in the early church. Remember in the book of Acts, in Acts chapter 6, if you remember back in Acts, just just beginning in Acts chapter 6, what happened? In Acts chapter 6, it says, when the number of disciples was multiplying, there was a complaint against the Hebrews by the Hellenists. So here you have Hebrew-speaking uh, believers, Greek-speaking uh, believers, and they're already arguing. They're already upset. And what they're upset about is the way things were being distributed, um, not necessarily doctrinally yet, but I say that that even in the body of Christ among born-again believers, we're, we're right here in chapter 6, and there's already division. Um, there's already uh, difficulty, people against people, which is really the essence of denominations. Uh, you know, the essence of denominations is our way is the right way. It's the only way. You got it wrong. That's in its worst condition. Um, mm-hmm. But when when you fast forward, even in the book of Acts, this is the birth of the church. This These are the newest of new believers. In Acts chapter 15, you remember, there was a huge disagreement, a huge disagreement over what are we supposed to do with all of these Gentiles getting saved? Should we circumcise them or not? And they call they, it says in verse 6, the apostles and elders came together to consider this matter, and they all had disagreements. Um, they had different points of view. Till the end, in James speaks up and says, this is the way it's going to be after listening to everyone. And everyone agreed. They wrote a letter and they sent it off. But there was already division and there will be division with us until the Lord returns because we're people and mm-hmm. we we all think we got it right. You know, that that's our problem. We all think we got it right. And, and a, it's a humble position to say, you know what? I, I think I have the essentials right. I'm very confident of that, number one. Number two, I think the secondary things, I'm pretty biblically confident that I, I'm, that I agree with my point of view. But then I also need to make room for your point of view if it's not essential. And so with a new believer, I just want to say, hey, man, get to know the Bible. Don't worry about denominations right now. Don't worry about the opinions of man right now. Just just read the Bible. Let the Holy Spirit lead you. Um, and, you know, for the cult people, I'm like, come on, that's such a weak argument. Because even among the Mormons, there's, there's, they've split off. Even among mm-hmm. Jehovah's Witnesses, they were a split off from... Um, what where they started with seven day Adventism or or vice versa I forget which I think I think the Jehovah Witnesses broke off from seven day Adventism so divisions even among cults where they don't they can't all agree on everything and and so the the reality of denominationalism is a human issue and it's unfortunate because we're just 
man, I'm, I'm watching even with my own eyes. We're just looking for ways to divide instead of ways to unite. And obviously, we don't want to divide uh, with someone that is falsely teaching. I mean, we don't want to unite with somebody that's falsely teaching. But right. we're always right. looking for ways to divide and disagree. And we're always looking for ways to assert that we're right. But let's just admit we're not always right. Right. Um, I think I've heard you, or I think I've heard you say <laughs> similar things like you get involved with a Bible teaching church, correct? Or like, is that the, I don't know how you guys say it. Like, you know, maybe not go to Calvary, but go to a Bible believing teaching church, basically. I think it will greatly help you if you join a, a fellowship believers where the pastor takes the Bible seriously and uses it as the main tool of discipleship, right? Because you could be in a church that mentions the Bible every once in a while and teaches you about some movie that's out or some hip new thing. Uh, Or you could be in a church that says, open your Bibles, look at verse one, look at verse two. This is what it says. This is what it means. And this is what it means for your life today. Um, That will accelerate your spiritual growth uh, immensely because the Bible is the primary tool the Holy Spirit uses in our lives to conform us into the image of Christ. Yes. Yep. All um, right. So yeah, we're we're in a minefield of all kinds of stuff and division right now. I just finished uh, editing and writing an article about COVID and how it's divided the church in amazing ways today. And um, just, geez, we're we're just the enemy's having a field day with us and. You know, let, let's just agree that we can disagree on secondary matters, and let's get busy loving, serving, and caring for the people that Jesus died for. Amen. Amen. Yeah, I think that helps me out quite a bit. Um, appreciate all the knowledge and wisdom. Well, bless you, Chuck. God bless you, man. Thank you. All right, bye-bye. Yeah, we're just in a serious minefield, um, and it's overwhelming. I, I, In my article, I'm going to post on edtaylor.org. That's my personal website, edtaylor, T-A-Y-L-O-R, dot org. Uh, it's a way you can connect with me. You can email me there. I write a lot about life, uh, ministry, uh, life's issues, you know, as it relates to spiritual leadership, and then also grief, uh, unfortunately, but I do write on the topic of grief and uh, and uh, and so I'm going to be posting this tomorrow uh, on the topic of COVID and division. Uh, and it's actually a repost. I've written something similar uh, last year, but I think it needs to be repeated. So I've edited a little bit. But in the edit, I wrote this. I, I just received a text from a pastor. I've been my phone's been blowing up the last couple of days with pastors uh, just really wrestling and uh, struggling with stuff. Um, and and hopefully the Lord will use me to encourage them. But. Um, one of the lines in this particular text I received today was, um, and I quote, I struggle with relational anxiety because I'm typically non-confrontational. And this fight of exact opposites is starting to impact my health. I need prayer and guidance. I'm not strong enough for this, end quote. And the the fight is over, the, what he's referring to is this whole battle over vaccines, over COVID, over face coverings. You know, and and key leaders in our churches are taking positions that are other biblical. That I, I want to, 
like it's a personal conviction, but what's happening is personal convictions are being elevated over and above love, patience, preference, you know, over and above the fruit of the spirit, uh, where the lead, what's happening is the lead conversation now is what your personal conviction is, your personal conviction. This is my personal conviction. And so now, now we're fighting about personal convictions instead of fighting about uh, the law, fighting for the lost. And it, it affects, this is a young guy too. This, this is a young man whose health is being affected by the stress levels that he's experiencing and overseeing his church. And it's breaking my heart watching what's happening. Um, pastoral ministry is hard enough. And what can we do um, but rather learn how to walk in love? And I'm not asking you to give up your personal convictions. I'm not asking that. I'm not asking you to give up your personal, you know, strong beliefs. But I'm asking you to make make them secondary to love. Like, like love. This is why marriages fail, because it, there's no love in the marriage. It's just a bunch of arguing, screaming, yelling, lack of intimacy, lack of care, lack of concern. And, you know, you're just... It's always about what you want. It's always about how you want it done. It's always about what you don't do. And there's no one dying to themselves in the marriage. There's no one yielding, not willing to yield. You know, when, and, and it, I can just go on and on about the characteristics that the Spirit of God um, uh, creates in us. And the Bible says that wisdom from above includes a willingness to yield. And what I'm finding in the body of Christ today, there's just no willingness to yield. Um, you know, I, I recently heard a pastor say, that if we don't agree with him and his view of vaccines, we're like pastors uh, in in the midst of the Holocaust. And I'm like, gosh, it's just not right. That's not true. That's not a true statement. Um, we may disagree on uh, vaccines or face coverings or how to handle those things and what's happening in our culture today, but like that's a pretty nasty thing to say, especially from the pulpit. It's not right. It's not healthy. It's not biblical. It's not spiritual. It's not agape. And it's not just past, you know, so pastors doing that are then discipling other people to start living like that. So you watch a YouTube video and now you're an expert or you read 10 articles and now you're an expert. Like you sound like you've been doing this your whole life because you watched some videos. Well, you're not an expert. I'm not an expert. Like it's like, it's the equivalent of having symptoms and going to WebMD and saying, well, I'm a doctor. And then you go apply at your local hospital. I want a doctor job. Well, what's your qualification? I read at WebMD and I read the experts. I'm like, come on, bro. You're not going to be a doctor that way. They're not going to, they're going to laugh at you. They'll probably arrest you. Maybe put you into the psychiatric ward for a 5150 consult because reading WebMD doesn't make you a doctor. And reading different people's opinions on these matters doesn't make us experts. It may give us more information on the topic and it may give us the ability to be informed and we may be able to learn from one one expert or another expert or um, those in mainstream media or alternative media or what all of those things, sure. But I don't want you to forget this. Paul talked about knowledge of idols and he said in 1 Corinthians chapter 8, knowledge puffs up, but love edifies. And as I was mentioning um, and Pastor Chuck Smith, my pastor Jeff Johnson taught us this, and I have the privilege of teaching you, and that is only one life will soon be passed, and only what's done for Christ will last. And so be careful, church, and, and look for the article tomorrow. Uh, download our app. I send notifications out. 
uh, when a new article is posted. So it'll be posted tomorrow. It's going to be on the topic of COVID and division. Uh, and I hope it speaks to um, maybe some like maybe you've taken a strong stance and you're going to these you're going to the uh, board of education meetings screaming and yelling like for sure go to these meetings and voice your your concerns but don't become like the world don't sound like the world don't look like the world abide in Christ and let him use you um, to voice your convictions and to voice your points of view for sure but do it in love church do it in love don't let your convictions be more important than the sacrifice of Jesus Christ for the lost. So you hear the music. We're going to be already up on the first half. We're going to get back to the phone lines when we get back. This is Calvary Live. Give me a call, 303-690-3000. 303-690-3000. My name's Ed Taylor. Uh, We'll be right back. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Hey, welcome back everyone to the second half of today's program. My name is Ed Taylor. I have the privilege of pastoring here at Calvary Church in Aurora, Colorado. We get a lot of requests of how to connect with us. Uh, I would encourage you to visit our website, calvaryco.church. CO stands for Colorado, calvaryco.church. You go to my personal website, edtaylor.org. It has to be .org, edtaylor.org, not .com. A Santa Claus, a professional Santa Claus named Ed Taylor owns the .com. Um, Don't go there. Go to .org, calvaryco.church, edtaylor.org. And of course, download our free app. Uh, thousands upon thousands of people have already done that. We sent out encouragements, notifications, and everything is on on your phone, on your tablet, right there. Just put my name in your search, Ed Taylor, and the app will pop up. And this is true for all of you guys on Hope FM, Truth FM, Freedom Radio, Grace FM here, um, soon to be in Meridian. Maybe this program will be the one that's heard in Meridian, uh, Idaho, uh, in the Boise area there. Welcome aboard. If you're hearing this, welcome Brand new station just signed on in Meridian, Idaho. All my friends out there in Boise, I can't wait to come back and serve in Boise, Idaho. Be sure to pray for my friend Scott Billings. Pastor Scott just moved to Boise to plant a church. I forget what section of Boise he's going to be in. Uh, It's not going to be the Meridian there, but a shout out to Mike Sasso, my friend, uh, to uh, all the ministries that's going on uh, in Boise, where, man, I, I am just so... Uh, Troy, of course, Troy, the pastor of Meridian. Uh, shout out to you, my buddy, Troy. God bless you and all the work that you're doing there. Uh, and here we are in Colorado. What a blessing to be here. 303-690-3000. I'm going to get back to the phone lines, but I want to answer this question. This is so good. Uh, it's a text question, and it says, if it's faith alone, why do we have to repent? Sometimes I feel like my salvation is not legit. I just want to make sure I'm saved and really know I am. I don't have the reassurance I believe I should have. I also get faith alone, repentance confused. Can you please clarify? Uh, thank you so much. I've been struggling with this for a long time. Well, first of all, your question truly does indicate you have a relationship with God and you desire to follow him. So if you can look back into your life and say, you know, pastor, I have repented. I have asked God 
to forgive me of my sins. I felt the conviction of the Holy Spirit. I've come to God. The question you asked and the way you ask it, the way you typed it in, really does indicate uh, a, a person that is saved, not saved. Uh, a person that is saved and a person, not a person that isn't saved. Sorry, I'll make it more confusing if I don't use my words right. But the reason we repent is now as believers is to turn away from current, present sin. And there is a theology out there that says, oh no, as Christians you never have to repent again. Well, somebody needs to tell that to Jesus because Jesus said in Revelation chapter 2 to the church in Ephesus, remember from where you have fallen, repent and do the first words. And that is metaneo. It's the same word used throughout the New Testament for repentance. Um, Jesus spoke of repentance to a church. But repentance, you know, take that word, it, it means a change of direction. It, it means a change of mind. So when you repent, you 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 also combine that with another scripture. That's Revelation chapter 2, verse 4. You combine that with another scripture, another truth in 1 John 1, 9. It says, if we confess our sin, that word confess means to say the same thing. So when we see sin the way God sees it, when we turn away from it and change our mind about it, then we are simply coming back in alignment with our relationship with the Lord. It's a great example of, you know, if your kids scream at you, let's just say you're a parent, your kids scream at you, what do you want them to do? You want them to repent for screaming at you. We want them both to acknowledge it, change their mind about it, say, agree with you that it was wrong, and not do it again. And that's repentance. So when you repent continually, it's not for salvation. It's not to be saved, although that's the beginning of salvation. The ongoing repentance is because you're saved. And you want to continue to acknowledge that you're not a perfect person, that you do continue to sin, that you don't want it to be a part of your life, that you do want to forsake it, and you do want to end it in your life. Great, great question. All right, let's come back to Catherine. I'm sorry, Catherine, you've been waiting over in Wellington. Welcome to the program. Oh, hi there. Thank you, Pastor Ed. Can you hear me okay? You're welcome. I can, yes. Hi. Um, first, I want to um, thank you very much for your book. I've been reading um, God's Help for the Troubled Heart. I've lost my mom in oh, April. Cool. Um, and I just I thank you for it so much. Um, and I also want to say what a wonderful work you are doing for the Lord, and I, I pray for you to keep you strong. And um, thank you. I have um, like had a three point uh, for prayer. Um, okay. I had a biopsy today. Um, I've been diagnosed a second time with cancer. This time it's on my spine, and I'm just okay. I'm asking for for healing. Okay. And. Um, at the same time, I have a lot of things going on around me, and I'm and like in spiritual warfare. Is what I think. I have a a neighbor who is um just bent on uh, doing things, and so she's she's made it to the point where I I may be homeless. They may not renew my my lease. Um, she has got a lot of people to say a lot of false things about me, and um, I I don't have much of a leg to stand on on that um, other than God. And I mean. I know he's more powerful. He's in control. And when he said to me, I move the heavens and the earth. So I'm trusting in that. And then I just would like protection over my three-year-old grandson. Okay. Let's do that. Father, I pray for our sister, Catherine, who, Lord, is just facing trial after trial. And, of course, Lord, on top of the great grief that she's carrying. And I pray, God, that you would touch her body, that you protect her grandson, that you would show her favor where she lives. 
I pray specifically, God, that you would give her a peace of mind, P-E-A-C-E. Your word says that you give us peace, Jesus, not like the world gives us do you give us peace, but you're able to settle our minds and comfort us in the moment. And so let's rejoice right now, Lord, that Catherine is alive today. Let's rejoice, God, that the doctors have diagnosed and caught the cancer. Let's rejoice that in the condition of her grandchild today, Lord, that there is protection right now. We currently thank you for the protection upon her grandchild. And I also thank you that she is currently in a house and in her home. And I know there is the fear of the future, but I pray you'd give her faith for today, that you would comfort her with the comfort that only comes from you. And we pray for full healing in her body, God, just like you did last time. We pray for full healing in her body. And we pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Ed, very much. God bless you. Would you keep us up to date? Yeah, thank you. Would you keep us up to date, Catherine? Call us back every few weeks or so and just let us update it through prayer. Yes, I would, your precious asset. Thank you so much. Thank you, Catherine. Bye-bye. Bye. So the timing of Catherine's call is a good one too, church. And let me just speak to you guys pastorally from my heart. These are the men and women that we're surrounded with right now that are hurting, even you. And I know it's easier to get caught up in all the drama and difficulty of the day, but people are hurting. Believers, unbelievers. People are grieving. People are being diagnosed with cancer. People are concerned with their grandchildren. And we're the body of Christ. I just got word today a couple of people we know uh, have COVID. It's very concerning. Uh, Of course, I have my pastor friend that's struggling and hurting. Uh, I found out today that there's a sister that uh, just got out of the hospital and the doctors gave her really bad news. Uh, My email box was filled with pain and hurt today. and, And the church doesn't need to be about, you know, getting involved in things that aren't eternal. And, you know, it's, it's challenging. And here's a text that came. I feel like I'm backsliding because my friends go to church here in Florida with hundreds of people not wearing masks because the pastor calls them face diapers. Um, I think I must not have enough faith in God to protect me, maybe because I, I nearly died from H1N1. Um, can I just say uh, that you, it's okay for you to wear a face covering? It's okay for you to choose a fellowship family to worship that is taking precautions, that is doing extra cleaning, that won't judge you for wearing a face covering. Um, recently, I was teaching at a conference, but Marie and I were going downtown to to get a dessert together, one of her favorite desserts, and there was a big protest coming through, screaming and yelling and face and you know signs and and the big thing that in the lady next to me, uh, because I was wearing a face covering because they were requiring it. They asked, if you want our dessert, put a face covering on. So guess what? I wanted their dessert, and I put a face covering on. Um, and that's that. It was that. It's not that hard. It wasn't that hard for me. Um, I'm okay to comply with that. I had to wear a face covering to get on a plane uh, and go to the conference. It's not, I'm, I'm, even though it's uncomfortable for me, and I certainly have opinions about it, it's, it's no big deal. I can do it. It's no big deal. 
I've led the people to the Lord with a face covering on. I prayed for healing with a face covering on. I visited the sick with a face covering on. I've 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 wore face coverings officiating memorial and funeral services. It doesn't hinder us. It is not some deep dark antichrist spirit of trying to it's not. It's not. Just like putting a seatbelt on. It's not. Yeah, maybe it's unfair or maybe it's not needed. Whatever, it doesn't matter. But like this, I'm going to pray for you because you asked for it, but you're not backsliding. It's okay for you to find a fellowship family where you're not called. The pastor doesn't call you names because you put a face covering on. I I have visions of people in our church. Some people are wearing them, some people aren't. But we also have a reserved room that holds a few hundred people that that if you really want distancing and you want a face covering 100% in that in that location, we have a place set apart in our church just for you. If you want to exercise freedom and not wear a face covering, we have that upstairs as well. But we're still doing all the extra cleaning. We're still, if you want to wear it, great. You don't want to wear it, great. Um, and we're okay with that, right? It's And if you want to be in a place where that's the only thing that's it's you can only wear, okay, then come into this room and we'll provide that for you. But but may the Lord forgive these guys and these pastors that uh, are making fun of people for wearing face coverings. Um, I, I'm not saying you need to like it, but like it brings this brings a real fear that you almost passed away from another virus. And I'm sorry, um, but you're not backsliding. But you you should be back in church. I, I think it's okay. I think that's what God's leading you to. As I examine your text here, God's leading you to get back into fellowship. And you can do that in a in a fellowship that doesn't belittle you. Um, there are good Bible teaching churches that are teaching the Bible and won't belittle you, won't make fun of you, um, won't scare you, won't stir you up with fear mongering. And so, get back to church, would you please? I uh, wish you're in Florida, so I know there's a lot of great Calvary chapels in Florida. A lot of friends of mine in Florida, um, and you know, unfortunately, some Calvary chapels are even making fun of people. So. You know, you, you you just want to check it out before you go, uh, because we we want to create an environment where we just point you to the Lord, and even um, be patient with you. And so I pray for my friend here that is overwhelmed, thinking they're backsliding, not wanting to go to church because they don't want to be made fun of. Um, help them, Lord, get them back. Help them to get past this and just go back to church, and trust that God will protect them. In Jesus' name, amen. You can go back to church with a face covering. Go for it. You can. I would even say this. You can trust God and wear a face covering at the same time. 303-690-3000. Back to the phone lines. We're in Aurora, Colorado. Ty, welcome to the program. Hi, Pastor Ed. Um, so hey, I have Ty, a what's question up? about the parable of the fig tree. I went to okay. a Bible study at this church called World Mission Society Church of God. Don't and- ever go back. Yeah, right. I'm and serious. They're a cult. Don't go. Don't ever go back. Okay. Yeah, and that's kind of what I wanted to ask because they were saying that Jesus has already come back a second time because of um, the parable of the fig tree. They were saying that Jesus said that like the fig tree is being compared to Israel, and that when uh, basically when Israel comes back, Jesus would be at the gates, meaning that he would be here. And so they were trying to say that. He came back a second time in 1948 when Israel resurfaced again. They are lying. They're not telling you the truth. They're not representing the teachings of Jesus. 
They have many, many bad false teachings, and they're to be they're to be avoided. Okay. That is not the interpretation of the fig tree. Jesus did not return yet. Uh, he is not among us. We're not in the millennial period. What we're experiencing right now is does not in any way uh, coincide with the Bible's teaching of what will happen during the millennial period. We're still awaiting the soon return of Jesus. And these guys, they really are aggressive. Obviously, they got you uh, and attracted you to their gathering. And uh, they're being more aggressive than the Jehovah Witnesses. Uh, and just please, I beg you, stay away from them. Uh, they are a modern-day cult, started in Brown 1964. Um, you know, the real popular teaching they're known for is that God has a, a wife and a heavenly mother. Um, and they're just bad news. Um Please absolutely stay away from them. Uh, you're in Aurora. Come to our church. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Pastor Ed. Bless you, Ty. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye. I would say, guys, listen, stay away from the World Mission Society Church of God. They're not a church. Um, they're not teaching you the truth. Uh, you usually meet them at Starbucks or in, in the video aisle. They they had there was a couple that tried to uh, a couple of guys that that was trying to share the gospel or share their false teaching with me at the video section. This was a few years ago at the Walmart local Walmart here. Um, Jesus Christ has not returned. Uh, no one knows the day or the hour. And that that teaching is very similar to to the Jehovah Witnesses. They teach the same thing that Jesus came back and he's in this little box in uh, Brooklyn, New York. Um, it's just bizarre. It's not true. All right, let's go out to Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Carlos, welcome to the program. Hey, Pastor. How are you today, sir? Good, man. How are you? Great, great. Thank you. I just want to say thank you for all you do, man. You're welcome. You're welcome. What's What can I help you with? So my question is, um, if Christians, if we follow the Ten Commandments, uh, why don't we follow any other commandments? Not as a form of like legalism, but like as a form of like faith-based obedience. Yes. And I'm speaking I'm speaking this because I'm asking this because um I go to a church um that uh a lot of them uh, they embrace their Hebrew roots so a lot of them don't eat pork. Okay. And yes. so I stopped eating pork for a little while but it was very hard for me. Um yes. and I'm just wondering um also if if um God never changes how come it was not okay to eat pork in the Old Testament but it is okay in the New Testament. No, that's a great question. You know, I think that there there's a real important uh, distinction that needs to be made when it comes to the the laws that were laid out in the scriptures. And uh, if you email me or uh, you email me at, at, at through my website edtaylor.org, I'll send you an article about. I answer this question when it comes to the Sabbath, and in that teaching, I lay out the dis difference and distinction between ceremonial law and moral law. You see, the ceremonial law was given to the nation of Israel. To, to keep them distinct and pure in a pagan, ungodly culture. Uh, that included how they dressed. It included how they ate. It wasn't just a dietary. Uh, it wasn't just for their spiritual health. It was also, I mean, physical health. It was also for their spiritual health. So today, when you ask the question, well, why don't we follow the ceremonial laws? Well, the ceremonial laws have been fulfilled in Christ. So today, if you have faith in Jesus Christ, you are keeping the law. You'll remember what Jesus said when they asked him, what's the most important law? Like, what are we supposed to do? What did Jesus answer? He said, you're to love the Lord God with all your heart, soul, and mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. So that now the, the choice 
of eating pork or not eating pork is not a spiritual salvific decision. It is a health decision um, because you're not the nation of Israel going into the promised land among pagan people. Uh, You are a new covenant. Uh, Most likely you're a Gentile, not even a Jew. Um, You're a Gentile that has freedom in Christ, just like the Jew that places their faith. They now have freedom in Christ because all of those feasts, all of those laws were pointing to their fulfillment in the coming of Messiah. So today the moral laws are no longer binding upon us. Uh, Excuse me, the ceremonial laws are no longer binding upon us because they ended They ended, their obligation ended with the coming of Christ, his death and resurrection. Uh, They are no longer necessary. We are no longer under the Mosaic law. We are now under the new covenant, that covenant of faith, that Jesus Christ fulfilled the law on our behalf. For example, for your your Messianic friends and that, that commitment not to eat pork, like the, the question, if they're going to, the whole book of Galatians and the whole book of Hebrews was written to answer this question. Like, if you're going to keep the law, then then you need to bring the sacrifice. And then what they would say is, well, we don't need to bring sacrifice anymore. We have Jesus Christ, the only sacrifice. Well, then if you believe in Jesus, then why are you still entangled with the law? If you believe he came to free you, then you're no longer entangled by the law. And you know, this is a question that often when we're sharing uh, with our friends in Israel, our unbelieving Jews, we will ask them, where is your annual sacrifice? Because there's no temple. So if you're trying to keep the law to be righteous with God and you have no temple, then you therefore have no sacrifice. And if you have no sacrifice, you have no forgiveness. And the whole point of that question is to bring them to the one and only Lamb of God, who takes away the sins of the world. So we don't keep the ceremonial Mosaic law anymore because our faith in Jesus Christ, he's He's fulfilled the law. Our faith in him f- fulfills the law on our behalf. Why? Because none of us could keep the law anyway. The whole point of the law was to point us to, it was a schoolmaster, Galatians says, to point us to the coming of Christ. And now that we have Christ, we no longer keep the law. But lying is still wrong. Stealing is still wrong. Those are moral things that are transcendent. They're above and beyond. They existed before the Mosaic Law, and they will exist after. I didn't. I didn't know that there were two different things. Yeah, we have the new covenant. Remember when Jesus was giving, yes. um, Jesus was giving the bread in the cup, and what did he say? This is the new covenant. Yes. This is my blood given for you. And so, when you look at clothing and the mixture of threads and clothing, it was a speaking of distinction. Uh, it was speaking of difference. You, God says, I want you come out from among them and be ye separate, says the Lord. I want you to be different from the pagans among you. I don't want you to live like them. I want, And I want you to be healthy, and I want you to be strong, and I want you to know there's a right way to do things and a wrong way to do things. And I want you to know there's a coming Messiah that will deliver you, and he looks like this. And each one was pointing yeah. to him. Right. Um, can I ask you one more quick question since I got you on of the course. phone? Sure. Um, as far as that's concerned, uh, what did Jesus mean when he said in Matthew, um, <clears throat> not one jot or tittle will, will pass from the law until the earth and heaven pass away, or, or so, something like that? Yes. I can't remember exactly what it says. Yeah, somebody else asked uh, earlier in the show, they asked a, a question um, on this as well. Uh, in Matthew chapter 5, verse 18, um, the beginning of that, Jesus says in verse 17, do not think 
that I came to destroy the law of the prophets. I did not come to destroy, but to fulfill. For surely I say to you, till heaven and earth pass away, not one jot or one tittle. Those are two little marks in the Hebrew language, um, kind of like our dots, you know, like our commas and dots. These are two little marks in the Hebrew language. It says not even the smallest of things will pass away from the law until all is fulfilled. Uh, and so the he's speaking to the eternality of the law that Jesus didn't come to destroy. He came to fulfill. He came in the the essence, like in order for Jesus to be who he is, the law has to be established, right? It, in order for him to fulfill the role that the Son of God is to fulfill, he has to. He didn't come to say the law was wrong. The law served a purpose. They were use, They were misusing it, as many today are misusing it. It says, "Well, this is the way to be right with God." No, this is not the way to be right with God. The way to be right with God is to place your faith in Jesus Christ. So the law is still, like Paul said in Romans, it's still good. It's still just. It's still right. But we're not to misuse it. Because if we use the law properly, it's going to lead us to Christ. And when we come to Christ, we're going to respond in faith, not in an endless cycle of trying to earn our way by keeping the law. Because nobody can keep the law. We failed even today. If you failed today, you broke one law, you broke them all, the Bible says. Um, yeah, thank you so much, because that was a, a really big uh, like uh, conflict within me, because um, as far as like the pork, because none of them eat pork. And I am a big pork fan, you know, and I just, I, it was, it was a conflict for me because I, I I kept feeling bad every time I ate pork. And, and I think that we, then we come into the New Testament and the Bible says, and even remember Peter, Peter in the book of Acts, he went to sleep and he got this vision and it was a sheet coming down filled with all what he considered unclean food because he was still wrestling with the old covenant at that time. And from heaven, he was told to rise and eat what he considered unclean food. But God was declaring, what I declare clean is clean. Uh, and and he and, you know, for Peter, of course, it wasn't about the food. It was about the Gentiles, right? He was giving him a bold revelation. But it is still about the food. Um, it, it is still the, the food is still clean because now Jesus has come. And... You know, even in the New Testament, we're given insight that if you want to eat meat, go ahead. If you don't want to eat meat, don't eat meat. But right. don't be a judge to those that right. choose to eat differently. Um, it, you know, it, he says, it, it, eat whatever's sold in the meat market, asking no questions for conscience sake. You know, and whatever you do, do it as unto the Lord. Um, and so it's, if you if you choose... Uh, not to eat meat. Like one of our brothers in our church, he's chosen to be a vegan. Um, we say, God bless you. It's good for him. It's good for his health. It's it's had great but benefits. That's for health reasons, right? Well, yeah, it's for health reasons, but it's also a spiritual reason where he wants to take care of his body. But it's not. He didn't make that choice so he could be right with God. He made that choice so he could so he could be in a position to serve God better. I got you. Okay. It wasn't. Thank that's so the much, real guys. key. You're welcome, bro. Bless you guys out in Fort Lauderdale. So glad that you joined us. Thank you. Bless you, too. We, I go to Calvary sometimes, too, Calvary and uh, Fort Lauderdale. Man, I'd love to come back there. I haven't taught there in many years, but I taught there a few years ago and just love, love my brothers at Fort Lauderdale. We love we love Pastor Doug there. He's such love he's a good, good man. God is doing yeah. great things at Calvary there. Bless you, Carlos. Thank you. Bless you, too, Pastor. Bye-bye. 
Yeah, right. great question. These are real, um, you know, these are real questions. And and if anyone's wrestling with, I, I address this in a in a more detailed way when it comes to the Sabbath, but I also expanded toward questions like this. So just email me or go to our website and just put in the word Sabbath, uh, and I'll answer this question uh, in a much more a deep way um, because it was really good. Um, that's a good question. If you don't want to eat meat, don't eat meat. It's okay. We don't judge you. If you do want to eat meat, eat meat. It's okay. We don't, we jump, we don't judge you, judge you. But if you choose to say, I won't eat pork because that is what God commands of me and what God commands of his church, that's just not an accurate statement. And you can't lay that heavy legalistic trip of eating pork and bacon and, you can eat pork today and be a strong, viable Christian. Well, we are coming up on the end of the show today. I'm sorry I can't get to the rest of the phone calls. Let me do a real quick. I go to a church here in Greeley, Colorado. They believe uh, you have to be a member of the church to be baptized and take communion. Um, is this a godly church? I don't know. You're not giving me up enough information. Um, I don't believe you need to be water baptized to take communion. I don't believe you need to be water baptized to be saved. I do believe the Bible teaches you should be water baptized. It is a commandment of God. You should be water baptized as soon as possible. I don't believe the Bible teaches in what's called formal membership. That's a man-made thing that's been made up. It doesn't mean your church is bad. Uh, it just, I don't have enough information because this could be simple. Hey, if you want to be a part of our church, we want to make sure you're a real believer kind of thing. It could be as simple as that. Um, but if you want to respond to this text and give me the name of your church, I can look it up on their website and just look at their statement of beliefs um, and help you with that way. But what you say here isn't necessarily mean they're a bad church. Hey, come to church with us this weekend if you're in our area, near or far. You can watch us online. All of our services are live. They're all broadcast here on Grace FM. Calvaryco.church, calvaryco.church. So grateful to be a very small part of the huge work that God's doing in your life. God bless you. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's Word.